if you were a man, we will have outstretched the limitation of your patience. But you're not man. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for you still forgiving us. Thank you for your redemption. And so, Father, this morning you have placed the wheel in our hands. We receive the wheel and the testament that was purchased for us Today we stand knowing that there is power in the wheel. Because the wheel would be without power if the testator had not died. But you have died. And you live again. And the wheel is alive, solid, and powerful. We take your will today. We receive it. We make war by it. We receive victory through it. We thank you for the light in our spirit. Thank you for the sacredness of this moment. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. The strongest bond on earth the strongest element of association Not just on how it transcends the earth. The strongest object of relationship that has bounded together people from nations, people of tongues, and people of languages is the blood. The most potent force on earth today is the blood. The blood understood, the blood received, the blood utilized is the most potent force on earth. God places value on the blood. Because the life of all flesh is in the blood. Man sinned. And man looked for opportunity to cover up what he has done. He made aprons for himself and God said, No! That will not be sufficient for what has been done. What has been ruined is more than what you can see. What has been ruined is beyond you. What has been ruined has affected your eternity. 
Therefore, he gave him a skin from an animal to cover himself. Hear that. God's recommendation. I want us to listen. To atone for a man's sin is the blood. The only potent element, the only sufficient object in the spirit that could bring a man in with peace with God is the blood. Without the blood, there is no remission of sin. Man is doomed for eternity without the blood. And God knew this from Genesis. God gave a recommendation that the blood of the animals will be shed. But listen, I want us to understand the value in the blood. This morning I'm going to be preaching on Satan, the blood is against you. Satan, the blood is against you. The blood is against you. God gave recommendation that animals will be killed to atone for the sin of people. But listen, animals don't have eternal life. Agree with me? Animals die and they are gone. In spite of that, Leviticus chapter 3 verse 7, Leviticus chapter 7, Leviticus chapter 17 verses 10 to 14, God said, let no man heat the blood. For the life of every flesh is in the blood. That's how much value God has placed on the blood. They are animals, they are destructible But as long as I'm using this as a point of sacrifice for sin, let no one taste blood. And this brings me into a deeper sense of understanding on the value that God has placed on the blood of man. The man that he has made in his own image. And after his likeness. If the blood of animal was so important to God. Don't forget. Don't forget. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4. The Bible says. Even though animals were being sacrificed. For the sin of the people. For it is not possible. Look at your Bible. Hebrews 10 4. For the blood of bulls and go to take away sin. It cannot take away sin. It can cover it for one year, but it cannot take away sin. And God said, though it cannot take away sin, don't heat blood. For the life of every flesh is in the blood. I'm bringing us into a point. Now we can understand how God perceives the shedding of blood. The same God gave us his only son. And you know what he said? Kill him. 
Do you know the weight of the blood of Jesus? If the blood of animal was that heavy, weighty before God, now God gave us his only begotten to be sacrificed for sin. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, for if God has not spared his own son, but has delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? He who spared not his own son, knowing the value of blood and the value of life, yet he released him. Now, this brings me to a point. If we understand this, it will tell us the weight of human sin and the weight of human iniquity before God. Number one, this tells me the seriousness of the sin question. Number two, it tells me of the horror of judgment that is coming upon the unrepented world. But blessed be God, who has brought us out of nations and kindred, and who has not left us in our situation. The Bible says, out of. He brought you and me out. Out of. And you know, God's greatest sacrifice is to procure our escape. We will never understand the seriousness of an offense until you know how much it takes to ransom a person from an offense. Isn't that true? When you go into a law court, a man has committed an offense, you will not know how much it takes until the judgment comes and says, this is how much it takes for him to be ransomed, for him not to go to jail. Then you will know the heaviness of the offense. In Romans chapter 5, let's take a look at the scriptures. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Please read with me in verse 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I'm reading. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign. In life through the one Jesus Christ. This is my conclusion about this verse. All for one. All became sinners because one sinned. And one for all. Because one died and sacrificed himself. All became justified before God. Therefore as true one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to her man. Resulting in justification of life. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. In Revelation chapter 5, we read of the greatest silence on earth. Because 
the destiny of man was head bound. And the conclusion was made. And the book was sealed inside out. And no one was found qualified, worthy. Why? Because every other sacrifice had not made men free. No. But there was one, and I loved the man of God. He said, when I saw that, I wept. Then one of the elders came to me and said, weep not. I have this to say to you this morning. You've been weeping all your life. I said to you by the Spirit of God today, weep not. Weep not. Weep not. Like the servant of God heard, weep not. Do not weep. You know why? Every price for your weeping has been paid. Every price for your weeping has been paid. Weep not. The Bible said the lion of the tribe of Judah. He has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. Please hear me. Every mark on Jesus' body on the cross was representing a remover of a curse placed a man as a result of his sin. Every mark on the body of Jesus, number two, was representing the restoration of the original blessing. Because Jesus became a curse for us. He took the place of a curse. We were all cursed. But Jesus came into our place, took the curse upon himself, took the wrath of the Father, took the indignation of the Father. Psalm 22, it was so terrible that the Father looked away from him. Jesus said, my Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Why? That's the heaviness and how terrible the sin that we carried was. Jesus became a public spectacle. The barnacle of our sin stood with him, was just stuck with him. But thank God. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, as a result of this sacrifice, that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abraham. Let me quickly declare this to us. No man has the capacity to love God. No man has the capacity to approach God but through the blood. This blood was sacrificed on the cross that our sin and the sin of many generations may be totally paid for. Now I've said this to lay a foundation. 
that we may understand the ground in which we are operating from. Today, I'm here to declare to you that God has given us sufficient weapon to weed spiritual warfare. And I'm here this morning to tell us that the destiny that God has placed on your life, you need to understand the place of the blood in securing that destiny. Let me say it again. We need to know the place of the blood in securing the destiny that God has placed over your life. I started by telling us about the value of the blood. When you open your mouth to say, the blood, you know the value of the blood. You know what went into it. It is not a cliche. No, somebody paid the price. It was not a game. It was not convenient. It was not easy. But you paid it after all. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This is my resolution. The incredible reality that we must come to terms with as Christians is that our redemption brought us into a collision course with the enemy. Salvation, yes. But now, when a major collision course with the enemy. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And that is his titanius. And he has translated us. My version of the Bible says, conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we see from that scripture that it was a major breakaway. From who we used to be to who we are now. But this did not come easy. Because we sold ourselves out through Adam. We became lawful captives. The devil gained a legal certified right to oppress us. We were sold into slavery. We became captured in our minds. Our spirit became sold out and our body became a victim of diseases and sicknesses. The will and the power to do right was lost. Satan stripped man of his dominion and authority. The will and the emotion of us became, became shrewd. We could not think right. Lies, violence, wickedness became the second nature of man. Our ingenious nature to do right was lost. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says when God saw man, he saw that the imagination of man was evil continually, continually. Besides, I saw in the scripture, that the issue of our salvation has something to do with our body. The Bible says, God spoke over Adam. Now that you have done what I said you shouldn't do, cursed shall you be. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb. Cursed shall you be. From the ground you have come, from the ground you will return. 
Man was cursed physically. Man became a carrier of a cause he could not settle. This also gave a legal access to death into human life. How many of us know that death is a force? The Bible tells us the last enemy that should be destroyed is death. Wait for it. Death is going to be destroyed. Now, death has gained entrance into man's life, but death will not be here forever. Because there is a life that we are about to receive. No death has control over the life. Hey, we have an eternal body soon. The Bible says an incorruptible body. A celestial body that cannot be corrupted by nothing. Then, death is done away with. Thank God for the book of 1 Corinthians. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy power? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are no more afraid. Because the seed of God is within us. He that is born of God does not sin. Because the seed of God remains in him. He cannot sin because he's born of God. But a price tag for what deliverance was in the blood. Now let me quickly drive this home closely before I go to other parts. In Revelation chapter 5, the Bible tells us about Jesus receiving the book. The Bible says he took the book. It was like a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He took the book and opened the seals thereof. Every mark, every mark on the body of Christ was significant to our salvation. Every mark. Thank you, my brother. I do have one here. Thank you. God bless you. Do forget. Every mark. Jesus was captured. I want you to listen to this. The Bible said the seals were seven. And the seals must be opened. Now Jesus was prepared to open every seal. He was prepared to pay every price. Not one was left unpaid. Now I know where I'm going. I want you to listen to me very carefully. We're going to wage war in the spirit by divine understanding. There is no legal ground today for the enemy to be on top of our lives. Not no legal ground. Not one. Jesus was captured. There were seven seas that had to be opened. When Jesus was taken, they brought him before Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? He said, thou said it. What is the truth? He refused to answer. Isaiah chapter 53 tells us closely what happened when Jesus was taken. The Bible said Jesus was brought like a lamb to the slaughter and he opened not his mouth. You know why? Because when man sinned, sin silenced man. When Adam sinned, Adam went and hid from God. He used to be in fellowship with God, but he hid himself because sin brings shame. And shame silences a man. And Jesus took my place. He was brought like a lamb to the slaughter and he opened not his mouth. What happened? Jesus was brought before Pilate. And they said, what do we do to them? Pilate released him to them. And he released the thief. That's why we can't, no society will be without a thief. Because we have already taken a thief. 
And we have engaged the thief. We give him freedom. There will always be thieves around. Thieves. And Jesus was taken. The Bible tells us the first thing they did was that they scorched him. Ever say scorched? They scorched him. For many of us who are students of the Bible, Jesus was beaten with 39 stripes. They pulled the skin of his back out with the scourge. They pulled it. Flesh came out alongside with blood. That was the first seal. His body was mad. Isaiah 53, his visage was so mad that we could not recognize him. He was mad. The blood gushed out of his back. If you remember, for many of us who have followed this history, when they whip men, the culture will go all over your body and it will bring the flesh out of your body. Jesus was scourged. Secondly, that was the first seal. As the blood was dripping from his body, I can see the father say, yes, one price is paid. The next thing they did was to place a crown of thorn upon his skull. If you are a very detailed person, what is the essence of the crown? It was significant. The soldier did not know what they were doing. They did not know. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If the prince of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they didn't know. They placed a crown on his head. And the blood dripped. And the father said, second price is paid. If you read the synoptic gospel, Matthew, Mark, and, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and... No, I don't want to get to John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The three synoptic gospel records that after the crown was placed on his head, as they brought him to Golgotha, they placed him on the wood, and they nailed the right hand. The third price was paid. And the father said, yes, the third price was paid. And they placed the second hand on the other side. And they nailed it through the major arteries. And the blood came out of his hands. And the father said, the fourth price is paid. And they put his right leg. And they nailed it through the major arteries. And the blood gushed out. And the father said, the fifth price is paid. And the left leg was placed on it. And they nailed it. And the blood gushed out. And the father said, the sixth price was paid. And that's how far the three gospels saw. As I study, I said, oh Lord, this is only sex. This is only sex. And I will tell you the significance of the seventh. I wanted to see the significance of the seventh. Now, the crown was placed on his head because that was a symbol of authority and governance. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. It was a symbol of authority and the dominion that was taken away from man. And Jesus took it and said, I'm giving you the dominion back. Place on his hand, I'm giving you the strength back. I'm giving you the authority back. And as I look at the book of John, let's open to chapter 19. You will never find this in any other gospel except this. John chapter 19. Please, let's quickly read it. John chapter 19. And we're there in chapter 19. I'm reading verse 31. I'm in 31 already. Are we there? I want you to follow me. The Bible says here, Therefore, because it was a preparation, it was a Passover day, that the body should remain on the cross on the Sabbath. For the Sabbath was on high high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, the legs of the people that were hung, and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came. 
and broke the legs of the first and the other who was crucified. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers behazed his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified. And his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth. So that you may believe. Why was the next scripture written? It is to confirm to us. There was something about this seven seed. There was something about this seven point. There was something we needed to pay attention to. He said, I am telling you the truth. It may not have been seen by others, but I saw it. I'm testifying to what I saw. That the price was ultimately paid. The soldier came. They did not know what they were doing. But they were fulfilling the divine order. Hebrews chapter 10. I come in the volume of the books, oh God, to do your will. And at the last moment, when they were supposed to be taken away from the cross, the soldier said, I see him. He's looking nice. But while the blood gushed out, the father said, that's it. It's done. That's it. It's done. That's it. It's done. This is the only high priest. I want you to listen to me. In the whole testament, we had high priests. High priest came with the blood on animals. Jesus was a high priest. Jesus was the blood of the sacrifice. Jesus was the altar in which he was to do to be hot. That was his own throne. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It was a sacrifice. It was the blood. It was the high priest. And he brought everything. And Jesus sprinkled it as Moses did upon the tabernacle and upon every element. The Bible says no element was left behind so that all things may be purified by the blood. Now we understand that everything, even in the reality, not in the shadow, was purified by the blood. Jesus, as the high priest, walked up to the Father and said, the price is paid. I paid all the price. The first seal was broken. The second was broken. The third was broken. The fourth was broken. The fifth was broken. The sixth was broken. The seventh was broken. Now, no wonder Revelation chapter 5. The Bible was a lamb that was slain to receive. Ever says to receive. To receive. Go back to Revelation chapter 5. Now to receive. Receive what? Let's read it. Chapter 5. Thank you Lord Jesus. Chapter 5 verse 12. Saying with a loud voice. What is the lamb? We were slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor. Glory and blessing. I want you to understand those are sevenfold divine redemptive gifts that came after the seven seals had been broken. The Bible says he received the seven blessings. He received the seven honor. He received the seven glory. He gave to us what he has purchased. Now this is the reality. We need to know this. We need to comprehend this. That every high priest came by law, but Jesus did not belong in the natural to the priesthood order. That is why the Bible says, and God ordained him, brought him by the word of oath, saying, you are, you are the order, you, you are the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, that your sacrifice is not coming from man, nor from the lineage of man, because if it had been Jesus, who would have been qualified? But God broke the rules and gave him victory. So that all of us may be free to them, we may have victory through Christ. Now, where am I going? 
The devil has no right to oppress your life. I want to say it again. The devil has no right to lay hold on anything on your life. The Bible tells us, when you read the book of Zechariah chapter 3, the Bible tells us of the high priest that stood before God. And the Bible says, as Joshua stood before God, something happened to him. They were about to make, you know, there was a dirty garment on it. And Satan was stood to withstand Joshua. And the Bible said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Take the dirty garment away from him. There are some of us who are here today. You're representing a body of people. You're representing a family. And the enemy has placed a guilt and condemnation over your life. Let me say this to you clearly today. That the price for your freedom has been paid. As you stand in the position of your life as an high priest over your home, over your life, over your family, over your extended home, the Lord is going to bring a total liberty upon everyone in the name of Jesus. Let me tell us more about the activity of Satan. This is what the devil is doing. The Bible tells us in the book of, I think, Second Chronicles chapter, chapter 21. The Bible says in verse 1, that Satan stood by David to number Israel. Who did it? Satan. What was he after? It was not because he was interested in David. No. It was after the destiny of Israel. And the Bible says he stood against him to number the people. And David was adamant. Joab said no. David said no. We have to count the people. And they did, and God was angry. And God said, choose between three things. Do you want to fall into the hands of your enemies? Do you want this to, or else you want to fall into my hands? In three days, 70,000 of the people died. And the Bible says, and the angel of the Lord went to stand in the field of Onan. While he stood there, the Lord spoke to the servant or to the priest of David, to the prophet, go tell your man. That it will sacrifice to me, then the, it will stop. Then the killing will stop. A sacrifice of the blood was made at that point. Let me tell us this. Every leadership over an assembly, every leadership over a home, every leadership over a city, there is a, a time when the enemy stands against such leadership to bring them into a decision that will destroy the lives of the people. But we need to know, when we place the power of the blood over the place, every work of wickedness and destruction can be brought into an end. Job lived as a righteous man, but the enemy stood against him. I want us to understand that Satan is not playing game with anybody. If you're meddling with sin today, I want you to make up your mind. Today, I'm making a decision. Lord, help me. I want to live to please you. Don't pray. Don't play with the enemy. He does not play with anyone. He is after your destiny. He's after your life. He's after the divine purpose of God for your life. He does not want you to be fulfilled. Job, righteous man, the Bible said God has been an edge around him, and yet Satan went to God and stood against Job. And Job lost almost everything in one day. Luke chapter 22, verse 32, the Bible says, Jesus was speaking to Peter. Satan has desired to have you and to sift you as a wheat, but I have prayed for you. So that when you are converted, you may strengthen your brethren. I'm telling us that today, we want to pray. We want to stand against every force of air. Against your destiny, against your life, against your home. How does this manifest? Number one, the enemy manifests by sending wrong messages into our homes. He creates an unnecessary quarrel. He creates an unnecessary discord. We live in bitterness. We live in unforgiveness. And the enemy says, yeah, this is it. This is an opportunity to strike. And we need to be sensitive people. He creates this experience even in the church of God. 
We need to understand how the devil manipulates the mind of man. He manipulated the whole aim. Is that the original intent of God for their lives will never be actualized. Why do you think Potiphar's wife stood against Joseph? Not because Joseph was extraordinary, but because Potiphar's wife was being motivated by the devil. Knowing that the destiny of the entire Israel was hanging on a man's neck. One man, without Joseph, they would have died in hunger. Do you know that? There will be no Israel today. And many of us like that, in our situation, you need to know that what is going on in your life is not ordinary. There is a divine destiny of God on your life. When you sense an unusual compulsion to sin, it's a time to look inward. An unusual compulsion to do what you are not familiar with, it's a time to look inward. Let me tell us quickly as I close. Why the blood? Number one, why the blood? The blood is for sin cleansing. I thank God for the play. But you know the interesting thing? God always listens to us. That's what the blood did. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. None of us will be here today to stand before him. But for the blood. The blood was for the sacrifice for our sin. Number two. The blood is for our safety. I'll say it again. The blood is for our safety. When the blood is invoked. The Lord will come. Let me give us an example. Exodus chapter 12 verses 7 to 13. When Israel was in Egypt. And God was about to destroy the firstborn of Egyptians. What did he say? He says, place the blood upon the two posts of your house and upon the top door of the post. And the Bible said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's the first thing they said. I want us to listen. And then the angel of destruction will not come upon your houses. Two things. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. In other words, when I see the blood, the blood evokes his divine presence. The very God of heaven and earth stands in attention to protect and to shield, to save and to deliver. And when destruction comes, it will not allow it because God's divine presence is over the place. God represents a blessing. God represents protection. God represents security. Where God is there, nothing evil can happen over your life. And I see you from this scripture because the Bible says the Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord, in the book of Psalm 24, verse 7, He said, open your, you know, open your gates, you know, lift up your head, all your gates, and be, you know, be lifted up your everlasting door, that the King of glory may come in. Now, what am I talking about? We need to understand how to get out of the way and give God a chance to fight in our behalf. David did that. David said, you came with swords and with spears, but I've come in the name of the Lord of hosts. He took, listen to me, I have not come in my strength. I've come in the name of the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? What it means was that I have already engaged Egeboha, the Lord who is a warrior in this battle. I stand back. Let the Lord fight for me. And God gave him wisdom. Gather stones. No stone can kill a Goliath. But a stone divinely directed can kill any Goliath in the world. Joshua stood after the Passover. They were about to fight against Jericho. There was no way they could overcome that city because the city was closed. And the Bible says, as they stood there, the captain of the Lord of hosts appeared. Why did he appear? They have just sacrificed in Passover. As they pleaded the blood, the, the captain of the Lord's hosts appeared. And the battle was just a history because Jericho will have been impossible without God. 
And as they stood there with the divine instruction, the wall of Jericho fell flat. In your life, will you engage the divine presence of God? Will you engage the power that resides in the only potent sacrificed blood of Jesus? As we do that, we bring the invisible presence of God over our situation. I don't care who is against you. I don't care what they are doing against you. When God is on your side, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? The last I'm going to mention, the blood is for covenant. The greatest covenant on earth is the covenant of the blood. This is what brought us into a relationship with God. With this covenant, nothing can stand against the blood covenant. When it is contacted, when the token was done, is done, nothing can underrate the power of the blood covenant. The blood distinguishes us as believers from those who don't know him. Because the blood was based, was done under an oath. There is a covenant behind the blood. This is a new covenant in my blood. This is a new will in my blood. This is contracted through my blood. And let me say this, you are wrote it down here. A man under a blood covenant is a dangerous man. He is untouchable. He is unmovable. He is uncossable. He is unkillable. He, he cannot be killed by man. He is under a blood covenant. He is untouchable. Because the blood covenant secures his life. Preserves him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they... Hallelujah! A man under the blood covenant is, is not fearful. Because he's a dangerous man. If you attack a man who is under the, the blood covenant, you are walking in the line of death. Because the whole host of heaven is standing by him. They surround him. The Bible says the Lord encamps around those who fear him. We need to understand that the blood has been shed for our security, for a covenant for us. And today as I stand in this place, I want to send this caution of note. I mean, a, note, a caution of note. For some of us who have entered in the blood covenant with people, you didn't know. You cannot wish it away. Mm -mm. Because it is life and life. If you're here, you enter into relations with somebody, you promise them by the blood covenant. Please. The pastor is not here today. Our pastor is in Kentucky. As soon as she comes back, I'd like you to come around, confess it, open up, and she will place a higher unction upon you to break the yoke of that covenant. If there are processes that need to be done, in terms of repentance, it will be done. To break you free completely. People cannot be much when they have been bound by blood covenant. Now this is the blood that has bound us and Christ together. Today, every satanic force that wants to militate against our destiny. We are standing upon the authority that has been purchased by the blood. And we decree in the realm of the spirit. We, re we invoke the blood. We invoke the blood. If you're here, you're sick in your body. I want you to invoke the power in the blood. He took the stripes on his back that you may be healed. If you're here, your mind has been messed up. He took the crown on his head so that you can have a sound mind. If you're here, you have been limited. You have been contained. He took the blood out of his leg that you may walk into your divine inheritance in life. God wants you to walk into your possession. I want us to stand. It's time for us to take 
the advantage of the blood. Take advantage of the blood. The blood is not just on the lips of preachers. The blood has been ultimately paid for. The price for our deliverance. The price for our salvation. The price for our tomorrow has been paid by the blood. I want us to stand in this place. And I want us to begin to decree today. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. I want to first of all go before the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice that was made on the cross. I want to thank you for the price that was paid to set me free. I thank you. You did not hold back. God, the Father, could not. But he decided to part away with his only begotten. That you and I may have eternal life. I want us to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you for the blood. 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 Blessed be your name, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.